Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Postmod Pod, episode four. I'm Felipe. And I'm Lillian. And are you excited? We are the Postmodern <laughs> family, and we make pod pods. <laughs> we, <laughs> we make pod pods in the UK. Post post pod. Post pods in the UK. And we are here to bring you current events, and we try to make sense of it. Making sense of current events. Very good. So I think last time we went rambling on with my first three, so let's just... Well, we were. We always start with an icebreaker. Uh, I forgot about the icebreaker. Icebreaker. So like on a normal date, I would forget icebreakers. <laughs> I'll dive straight into the philosophical discussion. That's right. So go with the icebreakers. I haven't come up with any. Well, I was going to ask you what book you are reading at the moment. Um. There's always a collection of books. I'm always spinning several plates. So the most recent new one that I've picked up and I've read two pages of is a book by your friend. Paul Dayton. Which is called? Correcting Our Financial Miseducation. I think so. Um, so, so far, it's I've just read What is Money and What Different Kinds of um, Money There Is Out There. Cool. Uh, but I'm also reading loads of uh, books on education in England in the 14th, 15th, and 16th century. Uh, and that's an ongoing enterprise. What about you? What books are you reading? I also picked up my friend Paul's book, Correcting Our Financial Miseducation. You mean from my nightstand? Yeah, and I started reading some. Okay. Surprising, right? Mm. Called Raising the Bar for the Average, Paul Dayton. And I also finished the chapter on what is money, mm. and I found it really good. I mean, I guess I feel like what was really important about this book is that people don't learn this whole idea of what money is. Mm -hmm. And we, we literally think it's just cash, a little credit, a little bit of stocks. But the actual, like philosophically, what is money? It's uh -oh. the exchange. Wait for it. Mm-hmm. It's something that you would want to exchange things for, uh -huh. right? Mm -hmm. So it's not literally just pennies and pounds, as it would say here. Mm -hmm. So that was good. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going to go, like if it's going to suggest certain kinds of investments mm -hmm. and business models. The other mm -hmm. thing I find interesting is that this whole idea of being a wage slave mm -hmm. and uh, and that... It just seems like most people don't realize how much of a slave they are, even though they're working at this high-powered law firm or yeah. making lots of money and their salary is high. But it's still you're still kind of tied to that boss mm. that's paying you yeah, and that yeah. job. So I find yeah. that interesting. Okay. And then, um, yeah, that's – and then we're also starting a new book for Bible study called mm. The Apology of – the Church of England uh -huh. by John Jewell. Mm. I was going to ask you, mm. do you have a paper copy of that or do I need to buy Yeah, I do have something? a paper copy. Cool. Mm. So I, that's the next thing that's on my list. I, mm. haven't, I actually haven't picked it up yet, so technically. The Great Bishop of Salisbury. Ooh, very cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Cool. Okay. Any other icebreakers? Let me see if I could think of one. Oh, I did. I wanted to I, – I looked them up actually today. Mm -hmm. um, here we go. Here we go. Look, I can see what you see. Um, okay. 
Here we go. Funny icebreaker questions. Okay. Here we go. What is one article of clothing that someone could wear that would make you walk out on a date with them? So you've, you've some article of clothing. Yeah. So you've met someone out for a date, uh-huh. and you've noticed one article of clothing that would make you walk out on them. Walk what out. Like, walk out. Yes. Go, leave. Stop the date. Away. End the date. Oh. Abruptly, Sorry, I thought just I abandon like them. To go out with them. Not like walk on the runway or hang out with them. <laughs> okay, that would make me leave. Yes, okay. it's not rocket science. You're already on a date with them. You're not gonna go on a date with okay. them because you've. Okay, so if if he was wearing ladies' underwear or something, if I saw like a thong sticking out of the back, trousers, <laughs> I would be like, peace. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Hmm, this is a hard one for me. Because there's so many. um, This is a hard one for me, but I would have to say, because it's almost as though the more attractive the woman, the more forgiving you're going to be about their articles of clothing. Okay. You see, because someone like you, you can make anything look good, almost anything. (laughs) But there is perhaps one article of clothing and I don't know if it qualifies as clothing, but it is if they come in wearing Crocs. <laughs> if they're wearing Crocs, I'm out. <laughs> I'm so out. I'm glad I've never owned a pair. But again, it would be tough if they're like really, really attractive and they're still wearing Crocs. I don't know. But that would be putting put me on the edge, I think. That would get me close. Crocs. Crocs. Okay. Cool. So last time we, we started with my three stories. So let's just take turns. And why don't you start out with your three stories? Cool. And uh, over to you then. Sounds good. All right. So story number one, I'm just going to play this for you guys. Okay. Here we go. Let's see if it'll automatically play nice and loudly. I have to go back to the beginning. I have dreams and hopes and ambitions. Every girl graduating today does. And we have spent our entire lives working towards our future. And without our input and without our consent, our control over that future has been stripped away from us. I am terrified that if my contraceptives fail, I am terrified that if I am raped, then my hopes and aspirations and dreams and efforts for my future will no longer matter. I hope that you can feel how gut-wrenching that is. I hope you can feel how dehumanizing it is to have the autonomy over your own body taken away from you. And I cannot give up this platform to promote complacency and peace when there is a war on my body and a war on my rights. A war on the rights of your mothers, a war on the rights of your sisters, a war on the rights of your daughters. We cannot stay silent. How dare you? So it has echoes of it does. It sounds like Greta. Yeah, like Greta. So um, okay. I feel like there's so much to say about this because there's so much wrong with it. So is this a recent – why don't you give us the background? This is a, okay. what, is, what are we listening to? What are we listening to? Yeah. This is in on. Texas, Lake Highlands High School valedictorian Paxton Smith is her name, hmm. switched out her approved speech to talk about abortion rights. So she went off the reservation. She did. Okay. And she's 18. 
Uh, and she was valedictorian, which means she was top of the class, highest grades. Mm-hmm. And it, she decided to use that platform, that graduation speech, to talk about abortion rights. So firstly, the very last thing that she says is a war on women's rights. There's a war on your mothers and sisters, et cetera. I guess this is in the context that Texas has recently – you must understand some of the context background. Okay. Texas has recently passed legislation – um, it's called the Heartbeat Bill, and uh-huh. it protects unborn babies from the sixth week of pregnancy. Okay, so good. So abortion is illegal from the sixth week of pregnancy onward. So that must have been what sparked this. Go on. Okay. So six weeks pregnant is very early. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, the it's from moment, when they detect the heartbeat. That's why it's called the heartbeat. Yes. And the moment of contraception is they're already considered two weeks, interestingly. Mm. And then plus, that means that they were basically four weeks in the womb. Mm-hmm. And then that's the moment where you're no longer allowed to have an abortion. Is that correct? That's two, I guess t- two weeks after. Um, if you're considered pregnant from two weeks before you would have had your period. Yeah, is that so right? Then plus four. So then, then plus four from when you would have your period. Right. So what you, uh, what's interesting is um, – I was just doing the math in my head for a second and oh, realized – No wonder you took so long. Yeah, I was like, I'm not sure about what you just said about Squirrel the period burn. coming. But anyway. Squirrel burn. <laughs> Sorry. And I also have like a Kink. knot in my mm. – I have a nerve um, – what's it called again? A pinched nerve. Hmm. Anyway, what I was – I'm trying to be very focused and I'm, I'm losing it here. So mm. – um, Come on. Okay, uh, so there's Uh so many things to say about abortion. Okay, so she's saying there's a war on women. Well, like, let's not make this about is abortion wrong or why is it wrong. Let's can we talk about your reflections on the fact that a young girl has taken this stand and what it means about society? Yeah. That's why I'm sharing it. I'm not using it to say, oh, abortion is wrong, even though it is. It is. What I'm saying is Mm -hmm. um, she is so focused on this idea of career Mm. that she thinks that it's very dangerous for her uh, to have casual sex or to get raped. And then that can just completely ruin her career, which is the end. The Mm. end of her life is her career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just the result of the feminist agenda, the feminist ideology that is pervasive in our culture, especially in public schools. Um, And it's so hard to escape, right? Mm -hmm. It's so hard to escape that Mm -hmm. idea that a woman's value is in her career. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like, if Mm -hmm. you're a mother, who cares? No one cares about you. You're not successful, Mm -hmm. according to society. Mm -hmm. And... um, it's just so sad that she she believes this. And if I was, you know, I don't know what her parents think about this, but I would be so disappointed and so sad that my daughter is up there. I'm sure they this. were super proud of her. You think so? I'm 100% sure. The other thing is like you, there's a war. She's saying there's a war on women, but there's an even bigger war on wage babies. on babies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, isn't it 60 million it's so silly, too. I mean, come on. They're, they're, what is a career for a woman? It's being a slave to a corporate man, usually, so that you can, what, freely spend 
your money, so spend uh, money, whereas you could have been the servant of a husband who's loving and caring. They hate and, that word servant. And, but, but they are servants you could to be the corporate an employee. boss. You can no, be, you, but that's making ill, I think, of the family structure. They are servants of a corporate boss. They're, ex- they're, they're, they're serving their yeah, corporate boss okay. in exchange for currency. For money. Yes. Whereas they could have served their husband, their mm-hmm. loving boss, so to speak, in exchange, also, you can share with all the wealth that he brings into the home. Yeah, think about it. If, on your deathbed, is your boss going to come over and... Hold your hand yeah. and are comfort they gonna, you? No. Your children and your husband. Those yeah. are the people who will be there for you at the end. Yeah. And yet these women are so keen on sacrificing that mm-hmm. for this idea of a career, which only, what is it, 2% actually have. Like the rest mm-hmm. of the people who work for life aren't working in their careers. They're, yeah. they're working a job, right? Yeah. So very, very few people actually have the, the privilege of working a career. And the other thing is, uh, I just, uh, I just uh, get to. Just, uh, just, uh, I just can't. Uh. I, I would say how monstrous that uh, babies are so lowly valued that they're willing to murder them for the for in exchange of a career. Yeah, and then all the cheering is just it just makes my heart sink. All the people notice that all the voices, most of the voices sounded like women voices. Yeah, all the cheering voices. Yeah, that's right. I agree. Are just women and how awesome would it have been for the principal male to come and just. Shut the shut that mic down. That would have been amazing. The other thing that I find interesting is that she is basically promoting casual sex, right? She's mm. saying that I want to freely have sex without commitment, and I need my contraceptives to work. Yep. Um, and therefore, if they don't work, it's the fault of the contraceptives. And I must of, and I must have the her. backup plan to exactly. kill the baby. It, it's not even that. She's no one. It just seems like no one is thinking about saving yourself for a marriage for your husband to then create a family. It's just like sex is something that is seen as a, a human right that you can that you should exercise at any moment, your free will, which is insane. And then the other thing that she mentioned is rape. So, what percentage of women actually get raped? And what percentage of those who are raped get pregnant from that? It's just a tiny, tiny percentage. So to use that as like another, just mentioning it, you know, it's like saying, oh, how many um, pigs fly? You know, you Mm. just have to, it's not like, I'm not saying that it's impossible because clearly it does happen. But the percentage is so, so tiny that we shouldn't even be using that in the context of supporting abortion. So... I was really, I, I just feel like if you are a Christian and you send your child to public school. Don't be surprised when you get this Karen. Or exactly. what's her name? Paxton? Her name is Paxton. Paxton, a Don't gender neutral. Don't be surprised. I mean, they're spending the majority of their waking moments amongst peers, amongst teachers who believe in this, that this is okay and that this should be celebrated. So... I, yeah, I, I am a big proponent proponent of homeschooling um, or finding a very good Christian school that you are in close contact with, that align with your values, 
And that is also very difficult to find. There's a lot of Christian schools in name only. In fact, there's a lot of them in the UK that are Church of England schools, but are promoting the LGBT agenda, probably abortion rights. You know, they are they are completely anti-God in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was my first story. Okay, all right. Did you have any other comments on that? I just think it's an utter failure of fatherhood. I'm mm-hmm. sure that father completely failed her, didn't teach her chastity, didn't mm-hmm. teach her virtue, and uh, didn't teach her the incredible mission and, and wonder of, of motherhood. Yeah. So, so now I'm going to bring it over to the UK because that was the US and I realize a lot of our listeners are UK people. Yeah. Um, and this is the... Um, on Good Morning Britain. What's Good Morning Britain? It's just like a morning talk show. Is that like Good Morning America? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And that's the flagship morning show, it is, right? Yeah. This morning and Good Morning Britain. So but Good, Good Morning Britain is the BBC, right? It's ITV, I think. Oh, okay. I don't know. No, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, let's just listen to what he has to say, and then we'll chat about it. Okay. Is. Beyond boring now, listening to under 30s sanctimoniously preaching from their high horse because somehow they think they're immune from the virus and they don't have to do their bits to protect others from this vaccine, uh, from this virus. I've had this conversation with many friends and I'm willing to cut people off if they're not willing to get out there, get the jab and protect others from this virus. I'm done with people like Joanna lecturing the public, lecturing the viewers at home, saying, well, I'm under 30, I'm not really at risk, it's okay, my body, my choice, this philosophical junk, and it needs to be stopped. I tell all people under 30, anyone I meet, get the jab once you're called. As soon as I get called, I'm going to be getting the jab. And we saw that as well. At Twickenham Rugby Stadium, hundreds of young people flocking to get the vaccine because they want to protect other people's and lives. Ryan, and, that, and, that's their and, Ryan, and Ryan, you think you think that people in your age group, this this twenty percent who've told us on GMB that they're not going to have the jab, or they or they're thinking of not having the jab, you think that that if that, if they carry on with that, they shouldn't be allowed what into public places, they shouldn't be allowed into concerts, into clubs, into pubs, into restaurants. Yeah, absolutely. They should be punished for that. They cannot enjoy the civil liberties of other people if they're not going to do their bit for the country. If they're not going to go out and get a simple jab to protect others, then they have no right to go to the pubs and go to the restaurants and the theatres. They deserve to be punished. And I've told my friends this as well. In fact, I have blocked my friends who have said they're not getting the jab. They are dead wood in my eyes. Wow. Can and who and why that? do we care what this, he says? It, just because he is an under 30s um person. they just take off the street or something? Or? Well, no, not just that. He looks like he's um, a BAME. So oh, super You've got to listen to him. I am. Um, we, we are BAME. We are. Yeah, so they should listen to us. <laughs> but anyway, um, his name is Ryan Mark Parsons, and he thinks that people should be punished mm, or cut him. off. Yeah. Deadwood is the phrase he used. And he thinks it's a very little thing. And maybe mm. that's where I think people differ. 
know, right. it, is it a little little thing or is it? Who think, what, what's a little thing? The jab. Oh, okay. He said this little oh, right. thing, like the right, right, little right. jab, um, and yet it's using something that's not used before on humans. But mm. we don't need to get into that. I think the important part here is we have now entered a new narrative this past week or so mm. that there is going. They're trying to create a division between mm. the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. In what so, way are they trying to create? This? So they're saying that who's they? The media, the mainstream media right. is trying to push a new thing that's making it okay to cut off mm. um, people who are unvaccinated. So they're putting out propaganda that um, is excusing the cutting off of people who don't have vaccines. Yeah, which mm. is interesting. They, they did that poll. They said 20% of under 30s don't want to get it. Yeah, I'm surprised and- it's that low. I would expect it higher. Yeah, I don't know Man. what the real number is. Mm. But the fact that they're saying that there is an opposition does mm. at least rally a little bit of confidence from mm. the people who maybe don't want to get the jab. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I think that it's really scary the kind of – I mean you could never – I don't think they would let a, a person with the opposite – views mm-hmm. on say such a thing say say something similar mm-hmm. like well if you've gotten the jab i think that you should you know be a, a, away from me i don't want to mm-hmm. be near you because of mm-hmm. some side effects or something like that right. like you wouldn't be able to say that but for some reason he's allowed to say that mm-hmm. he that people who don't get the jab should be punished yeah yeah do you think it's going to get to that point do you but- think that the government will and the mandating this vaccination? No, I don't think so. I don't think so because I think the multiple variants that we just keep hearing about will show that these vaccines are going to need to be like flu vaccines, that a different variant every season is going to be uh, needed to be rolled out. And so thus making it ineffective, making this partic- these particular rounds ineffective. Okay. So I, I just don't think it'll make any sense to mandate it. That's my hope, at least. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, but at the same time, I'm worried about the way that they are trying yeah. to direct the narrative. They're trying to make it acceptable for people to cut off and to punish the unvaccinated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that was my second story. Mm. And then my third story is along the same lines. And I just want to say before I play this clip. So this is a tweet says, hats off to at Beverly Turner, sticking it to the mainstream media lackeys who admittedly, We've met Beverly, haven't we? Yeah, who admittedly aren't allowed to go against the official narrative. So mm. she went on this morning, which is another show mm. i think this one is bbc i don't know mm, let me see the host no it doesn't look like no. BBC. i'm not sure maybe it's itv um so beverly beverly turner was on the jeremy vine show when we were on talking about traditional wife and family mm. and she was the one that they said would who would be opposed to women staying home and this trad wife movement mm. but in the interview in that segment which we can I don't know, you can find um, somehow, if we can send it up, I don't know. Um, It is that, it showed that she said that she would have been more against it 
when she was without children, but now that she's had children, she has three, I believe, mm. um, that she feels very different in that most women want to do both. They want to stay home enough to see their children grow up, but they also want to work a little bit, is what she said, mm-hmm. which I think is true. I think women want to feel useful and outside of, I wouldn't want to say just, but outside of the household duties of raising children and feeding the family and cleaning the house, um, it's nice to feel appreciated in another way as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I I tend to agree with that just because I do love teaching music and teaching birthing classes, but I don't want to be direct. I don't want to be neglecting my children for that. Mm-hmm. So I want to have a little bit of both. Um, but anyway, back to this thing. So she's actually on. Wait, isn't that um, isn't that the guy, the right stuff? Yeah, Matthew Wright. That's the guy that, that's replaced Jeremy Vine. Or, no, sorry, Jeremy Vine replaced. Yeah, so it's interesting. So we've got Matthew Wright and Beverly Turner as, like, guests on this morning and let's just hear what she has to say i was very surprised that she came out and um said this stuff so let's hear it this this jab is not a vaccine by any traditional definition it doesn't stop you catching SARS-CoV-2 it doesn't stop you transmitting it there's a little bit of evidence to suggest that it might minimize transmission but that's because it ameliorates your symptoms and if it ameliorates your symptoms then you are less likely Could to you argue off. it's no different than getting vaccinated against hepatitis for example it's also it's very different because it's a trial drug we are still in clinical trials, Matthew. And Why are you so You just have to look at the numbers. Just in the, in the sense of, like, the finest minds of science of... The finest. In, in an extraordinarily short amount of time have come up with this vaccine. It's proven that it's working statistically. Why are you so cynical about it? We data? have no long-term data. We have no long-term data. But, but we data. don't have a chance to have long-term data because we, we have this virus... We do. Killing people we, around the whole world. No, so we, no. We don't, have the, we, don't, we, have, we don't have that luxury, surely. Why are you so sceptical about the whole thing? 99.8% because it because of the facts. 99.8% survival rate from COVID-19. The average age of death is 82. This was a virus that was and well, remains. Not care and about remains. This. Exactly. No. This, this is this of is the language. Care about those people. Language of, of course we do. But we should always have looked after vaccine? those people. We should always have looked after those people. Yeah, we're not in that we situation though. We're not we, there now. And now we we're are, talking we just have, to we have, about we're supposed to be talking about NHS We have given them the jab, but that's the point. Why are you why do you want to put a 20 two-year-old with her whole life ahead of her as part of a clinical trial when we do not know the long-term implications. It is a brand new Because technology. vaccines mutate. Uh, vaccine. Sorry, because viruses mutate because, and every unvaccinated person becomes a potential petri dish for vaccine mutation. There are mutation, already 3,000 mutations of course, and none of them are more than more 0. Of the, more of them could come. More this of them is why live TV is overcome the vaccine, which would then lead what to is more incredible, deaths. Though, though, what is incredible is that we do have freedom of choice yes, here in the UK. And I had a wonderful compromise yesterday and I think it was meant as a joke, but I think it might work to, to somebody's satisfaction, maybe to Beverly's, which is we've got all these Nightingale hospitals, which cost millions and millions of pounds to build and stand this. empty. Why not take all the NHS workers that choose not to be vaccinated? In some health trusts, we're talking 25%. Okay, that's actually NHS workers, 25% in one trust. And then take all the people who don't want the vaccine and stick but them all in hospitals together. Why would so, we do wow. that? It doesn't stop if you I, passing it on. Well, if you've had the vaccine, it, it, what you call the vaccine, it doesn't stop to, you transmitting it. So why would you I separate those you people? 
massively irresponsible. That with is now, true. And, and this is, and I, and I just, Jake, just, just to let you know, we're on air to half twelve, so we need to wrap this up. It's been a wonderful bank holiday. We can disagree, but at least we can still be Disagree on the science. It is. It is. It does not stop you contracting or passing on the virus. It does. It does not. Listen, we have to move on. So I really liked how she just kept going. Like, she just, just keep going. They'll stop talking, hopefully, eventually, and listen. But she read up on the facts. So let's list out the key facts, which are really important. Go ahead. What were the key facts she listed? 99.8% survival survival rate. Average age of death from COVID, Mm. 82 years old. Okay. Um, vaccine trial, so yeah. there's no long-term study of yep. the effectiveness. Yeah. Um, she said at the very end that vaccines does not prevent you from passing on COVID or catching it. That it can still you can still pass it on to other people. Wait, wait, wait but it doesn't prevent you from catching it. Correct. Let's let's listen again here at the very end. And this is and I and I just, is, just, just, just to let you know we're on air to one trust and then take all the people who don't want and the vaccine and stick horrible. them all in hospitals that? together. Why would so, we do that? Because it doesn't stop you I, passing it on. Well, if you have a vaccine, what you call the vaccine, it doesn't stop to, you transmitting. I think, so why would you I separate those people? Massively not from catching it. So it doesn't prevent you from transmitting the virus. Yeah, yeah. So. What's yeah? So basically, why would you isolate them all in this in the Nightingale hospitals? But the vaccine is meant to help you supposedly from stop stopping you from contracting it. But she said, but that not that from could transmitting be, it. Mm-hmm. That could be because it ameliorates your symptoms. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily. It's not some sort of barrier. It just helps you deal with it better. So you're actually still contracting it. Yes, you're just. Your body is handling the symptoms better. Exactly. Fascinating. But that's why live TV is such crap. Just listen to them just speaking over her with the same rubbish. I know. How Do you not care? This is outrageous. The The finest minds. It's all sort of appeals to authority and appeals to emotion. Exactly, which is what this person tweeted. It says that. Those mainstream media lackeys who admittedly aren't allowed to go against the official narrative. Yeah. So they have to stick, stick to the sound bites that they're given, the, the little things that they're allowed to say. And they're just going to keep talking over anyone else who yeah. they're not going to reason with them. No. It's just the loudest. That's why live wins. TV is not a place for reasoning. No, it's not. But, but the only thing is that if you do get in there, some of the populace will pick up. On some of the facts that you sprinkle out there. Yeah. And so. I was, I really appreciate that she's out there saying that. And I was also surprised that mm. she isn't a part of the mainstream media. Do you follow her narrative. on Twitter? I mean, it's, it I, might be a I worthwhile. I do now. I do now. Might be a worthwhile following. I do now. And so mm. she's been tweeting a lot of good stuff about mm. the vaccine and et cetera. Mm. So she's. Good she, stuff. I, yeah. So I was really encouraged mm. there. Um, yeah. And I thought it was interesting because I recognized her and I was like, oh, I remember meeting her. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Good on her. Props. All right. Your turn. That was your third story. That was my third story. Okay. Let's crack on then. Um, I'm going to start with a story that I didn't link to you, but okay. it is this TikTok video that went viral mm-hmm. about a about fat phobia. Oh, yeah. That Let's one. Oh, no. I don't want to see. I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> Hang on. My vote. My vote. So Here we go. Hey, bestie! <laughs> you are wrong. 
said, what do you think? All right, turn your listening ears on. Catch a bubble in your mouth. Good job. Okay, here's the thing. Having a preference is something like, I'm looking for a partner who likes kayaking or wakes up early in the morning or loves pizza. (laughs) But when your preferences exclude an entire group of marginalized people, that's problematic. Okay, that's not nice. That's not a preference. If you lump all fat people in one group together as though they are not very different individuals, that's fat phobic. Just like lumping all black people in one group and saying, I don't like black people is racist. And lumping all disabled people in one group and saying, I don't think people in wheelchairs are hot is ableist. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> there it is. Fake laughs. There it is. <clears throat> Everyone was saying that her eyes are so creepy. Yeah, yeah. So the the purported claim is that if you have a preference for relationship partners based on body fat composition, uh-huh. that it is fat phobic. Uh-huh. So what is fat phobic? What would be a a generous a generous benefit of the doubt definition? Well, a phobia is an irrational fear of something. Okay. So it's an irrational fear of fat people. So what would that look like in real life? Does that mean if you see someone that's fat walking down the towards you, you would, you would run away. You would turn about face and run away. Yeah. you. Would. Or if you were entering a, meet, a boardroom and you were going to have a meeting and someone fat walked in, you would rush out. It would, it would be hard to sit in there, I guess, for a fat phobic person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so then the question is. If if we're true to the definition of phobia, which is an irrational fear, yeah, is it consistent to say that someone who would will not date a, a, fat, person. a fat person has an irrational fear of no, a fat of person? No, of course not. No, of course not. Okay, and let's press it a little further. She tried to equate the refusal with to date people. fat people with the refusal to date black people or let's just say the refusal to date x person of a particular race she also to she also compared it ableist. to disabled yeah, yeah yeah so let's just stick with the ableist okay right? so ableist is like a phobia i guess is that too is it, is it is so it, i don't know very many people that are ableist able phobic able phobic so would that be the same thing like if someone if you're in a meeting and someone rolls in on a wheelchair you're like out i'm out of here yeah i think we know someone that feels very uncomfortable around disabled people oh yeah and is unable to focus yes like he he would just look and not be able to turn away not able to carry a conversation a normal conversation would stop working they can't get past (laughs) the disability yeah and maybe i don't think that's phobic but that is a bit extreme it's on bordering on phobia yeah but phobia yeah would be like you just run yeah just run away scared that you're gonna catch it or something okay so then this lady sounds like she's saying you she's equating preference with phobic phobia right which is the logical flaw in her <laughs> argument yeah a pretty big one <laughs> pretty big, a pretty like, big one i don't like peanut butter with chocolate but then that's am i like gonna run away if someone starts bringing me a reese's yeah yeah or I, or I don't like cold showers does that mean i have an irrational fear of cold water <laughs> no so What's interesting is, of course, she's fat herself. So she's trying – she's basically trying to impose on 
all the world mm-hmm. the requirement that you uh, that you're op- that you be open to dating fat people. Right. That's it. Yeah. Because clearly she has failed uh, to keep a low body fat composition mm-hmm. and she must have a lot of frustration mm-hmm. about the fact that not a lot of men will want that although yeah, there are some freaks be, who prefer that <laughs> i would be interested to hear from someone who maybe is in a very happy healthy relationship and then says something like that right mm-hmm. but it's more most likely that she doesn't have any relationship or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she feels marginalized. I think this is one of those sort of grimy uh, developments within a society that is comfortable and, you know, has no war imposed. Where in long periods of tranquil peace and luxury, man then develops these horrendous ideas. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine... A medieval peasant during during that. the during the peasants' rebellion against the serfs, saying, "Hey guys, if you don't date me, even though I'm fat, if you don't want to proposition my father for my hand in marriage, because then then that's morally wrong, right? No, no, right? So, no. so it, it just it, it begets so luxury begets these ideological deformities." And um, Another, they're usually they usually have their root in envy, mm. in envy, basically. Another commenter on that also said that you don't you can't consider yourself a marginalized group of people if you can just lose that weight. And then <laughs> yeah, go into the if other, you're not born with, if the, you can somehow get get out of your yeah. So someone yeah, they said you can lose weight, but I can't stop being. Black. Black or Asian or whatever. So that's very different. Yeah. very different. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, once again, we have lunacy being being imposed upon normal, rational thinking people. And it's just – it's getting worse and worse. So let's see. Our next story for me is – let's have a look here. It is from – a research paper in Japan. So I'll have a read of it. Let's see. The title says, Researchers in Japan use soybean compound to make catfish 100% female. A team of researchers in Japan has succeeded in making catfish all female with a compound found in soybeans, a development that promises to increase the production efficiency of this and other species whose females are more valuable than males in the food market. The team from Kindai University's Aquaculture Research Institute and based at the Institute's Shingu Station in Shingu, Wakayama Prefecture, Prefecture used isoflavone, a compound found in soybeans similar in effect to female hormones, to create the all-female groups of fish. The feat is a Japan first, according to the university. As female catfish grow faster than males, quote, by making them all female, production efficiency will rise, end quote, commenting team leader and aquaculture science associate professor Toshinao Ineno. Quote, this can be applied to other farm-raised fish whose females are more valuable, end quote. 
According to Ineno, in catfish cultivation, which has been attracting attention as an alternative to increasingly scant eel, females grow to shipping weight, at least 600 grams, in 6 to 10 months after hatching. Males, which grow more slowly, are often discarded. Though it has been known that administering female hormone turns male catfish into females, this method is banned for fish for human consumption. So Ineno came up with the idea of using soybean isoflavone, which is sold commercially as a dietary supplement. The experiment was conducted with catfish divided into five different tanks, one of regular fish farming water, three with different concentrations of genistein, a chemical component of soybean isoflavone, and one with female hormone dissolved in the water. The team kept 150 fry in each tank for 15 days before transferring them to ordinary water until they were 150 days old. While 68% of catfish in the ordinary water tank were female, 96% of the catfish kept in the water with genistein at a concentration of 100 micrograms per liter were female. A concentration of 400 micrograms per liter yielded a 100% female group the same as in female hormone-treated water group. Though the extracted genstein was used as the regent in the experiment, the method is prohibited in the farming of fish for human consumption. Ineno said, in future, we'd like to think of methods in which catfish can take in soybean asoflavone in their food, such as soy lees. He also added that the team intends to try making sturgeons, the fish that produce caviar, female, using soybean asoflavone as well. Wow. That's gross. It just, again, Alex Jones is spot on in everything he says. Just in the principle of the waters turning the frogs gay, which is to say the waters are turning the catfish gay or the catfish female. What did he say was in the water? Fluorine, isn't it? Um, I think he said the fluorine in the water or Uh fluoride. Or a, or an, a, 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 a version of that is 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 studied has been studied now and confirmed that turns frogs gay. What so, makes them gay? Um, the fact that they want, want to sex, reproduce, they want to re- act like they want to reproduce with males. I don't know. Or um, they can't delineate the difference between male and female. It's just weird. I don't know, but the point is that scientists have now uh, taken this to the level where they can chemically modulate the sexual preference of animals but not just sexual preference the actual sex and the actual sex that is crazy yes and the actual sex so this has just confirmed what the brosphere has been saying for years about soy without so-called studies and evidence and data just on anecdotal evidence but all they did do a study on soy um Causing lower testosterone. I think they levels, have, but right? but the brosphere, all it uses are the pictures of the men, physion physiognomy, uh-huh. the physiognomy of the men who drink soy. How do they know they drink soy? Because they these guys say they take oh. pictures with silk and with other soy oh, based wow. products, and then you study, you look at their social media. And they have that yeah. stupid soy face with the mouth open. Yeah. Um, and they celebrate buying video games. And, and they they're celebra- just physically thinner. Yes. Very uh, feminine. 
And Fine. They, they usually have a higher voice and they speak like a That's bit more right. feminine. They speak like that guy on Good Morning. Yeah, that you, exactly. That you quoted. Yeah. So it just goes to show that, gentlemen, the, the nutrition is is very important, mm-hmm. especially for developing boys and developing girls. Mm. We've long known that the estrogen in chicken, which in the U.S. at least, is used to grow the breasts of chicken to outlandish sizes, has been making its way into our daughters and making them have early menstrual cycles mm-hmm. and develop um, sooner rather than normal. And then what would that do to boys, you think? It would in- increase the estrogen in boys. So so we have estrogen flowing in our chicken meat, at least in the U.S., I don't know about in the U.K., mm-hmm. and then who knows what other chemicals. And so, so soy is in a lot of stuff. Soy, yeah. It's in, like, snacks and... Yeah. No one's in our YouTube. It's okay, I was... <laughs> so yeah, so these chemicals. So it just goes to show if it doesn't come from a dead animal and if it doesn't come from the ground, just don't eat it. Just don't. If you have to squeeze a seed to get oil out of it, mm-hmm. don't eat it. If you have to generate some artificial chemical to to make it, don't eat it. Mm-hmm. So this is just crazy. It just confirms that soy is dangerous, gentlemen. Yeah. Stop eating soy. Okay, and the third and last story that I'll cover is the so-called email gate surrounding Fauci, Tony, or Anthony Fauci. Tony. Hey. Okay, I'm going to read an article from one of my favorite news sites, okay. Zero Hedge. Oh. Title is, That Was a Lie. Tucker Carlson levels Fauci after Freedom of Information Act emails connect the dots. Fox News' Tucker Carlson ripped, quote, the utter fraudulence. I've never even heard that was a word. Fraudulence. Sounds like flatulence. (laughs) Fraudulence of Tony Fauci. End quote. Wednesday night, after BuzzFeed and the Washington Post obtained thousands of pages of emails through a Freedom of Information Act request, revealing that the nation's top virologist was telling the public one thing while furiously working on damage control and narrative shaping as the COVID-19 pandemic unfolded. According to Carlson, Americans assumed that the man in charge of protecting the U.S. from COVID must be rational and impressive, adding, we also assumed he must be honest, but we were wrong. It soon became clear that Tony Fauci was just another sleazy federal bureaucrat, deeply political and often dishonest. More shocking than that, we we then learned that Fauci himself was implicated in the very pandemic he'd been charged with fighting. Quote, Fauci supported the grotesque and dangerous experiments that appear to have made COVID possible, end quote. Fauci's emails collectively show that from the beginning, Tony Fauci was worried that the public might conclude COVID had originated at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Quote, why would he be concerned that Americans would conclude that, Tucker asked, possibly because Tony Fauci knew that he had funded gain-of-function experiments at that very same laboratory. The emails prove that Fauci lied about this under oath, said Tucker, who highlighted an email from scientist Christian G. Anderson to Fauci, saying that he and his fellow scientists felt the virus looked potentially engineered and that members of his team all find the genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. Fauci then sent an urgent email to his deputy, Hugh 
Akidong close. I, I'll, I don't know how do you say it. How do you say it? With the subject, important, and which read, Hugh, it is essential that we speak this AM. Keep your cell phone on. You will have tasks today that must be done. Attached to that email was a document titled, quote, Barak Shi et al., Nature Medicine, SARS Gain of Function, PDF. Referring to Dr. Ralph Barak, a U.S.-based virologist who collaborated with the Wuhan Institute of Virology under Dr. Shi Zengli, bat lady, known for manipulating bat coronaviruses to better infect humans. Tucker then shows a clip of Fauci denying that Barak had conducted gain-of-function research under oath. Quote, in retrospect, that looks a lot like perjury, said Carlson, adding that early last year, a lot of people at the National Institutes of Health were worried that COVID-19 had not occurred naturally and were concerned that it had been manipulated in a lab in China. Facts that they were determined to hide from the public. Tucker then notes that a group of top-level virologists were told to keep the contents of a teleconference discussion in total confidence and not to share information until next steps are agreed upon. Carlson then mentioned Zero Hedge. After UK virologist Jeremy Farrar passed along an article in which he, we suggested COVID-19 was man-made. Mm-hmm. Quote, we know now that's a more plausible explanation than the one we believed at first and were told by the media, which is that corona came from a pan- pangolin. And yet for the crime of saying that out loud, a more plausible explanation, Zero Hedge was banned from social media platforms. Until recently, you were not allowed to suggest that COVID might be man-made. Why wouldn't you suggest that? The fact-checkers wouldn't allow it. Why wouldn't they? Because Tony Fauci assured the tech monopolies that the coronavirus could not have been man-made. And so the tech monopolies shut down the, the, shut down the topic. End quote. Carlson then showed an April 17 press conference in which Fauci told the American public that COVID-19 was totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. At that point, what Tony Fauci just asserted as known could not conclusively have been known. That was a lie. End quote. So here we have the Freedom of Information Act exposing the conversations Fauci was having with his staff and others. This is what I love about America, because I can't Mm. imagine there being the same level of transparency that the government has required using the Freedom of Information Act. They have an equivalent version of that here. Um, I I don't know who they would exercise that against. I don't know who. I guess it's Matt Hancock. Or I don't know. He's not the scientist. But it would be who. You know, whoever the top scientist is, they could exercise it against. How did Fauci ever get this role? He's a bureaucrat. He's a lifelong political bureaucrat. It just shows how can people imagine believing that the government has your best interests at hand. Imagine trusting government. This is what I don't understand about British people (laughs) is how can they have such a benevolent sort of benign and what's the term the term is um naive trust in government how can they believe that it's all intended for their good and here you have a science the the, the head of the cdc it's the CDC, isn't he? Is that isn't that the title? Isn't that his his position? Is that I don't know. I think he was just the top, like COVID advisor. 
what's his what's his position? I can't remember, but he's anyway. D so gain of function. Let's just talk quickly, very quickly about gain of function. Okay. So from my understanding, it's when you take a virus and you modify it so that it can do things that it couldn't do before, such mm-hmm. as jump from one species to another, or such as be more transmissible or to be more potent. So why would they study this? Just so they they claim they claim that they would study this in order to understand how the virus works in order to develop antivirus and vaccines and things that could fight the virus. That this is what they claim. Sense. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a scientist in that world, so I'm not sure. But um, that's what they claim, and that's why they've permitted uh, the study that kind of, of it. Research. Correct. Correct. So he has boldface lied to Senator Rand Paul in a Senate hearing in which he said, I repeat, we have not funded any gain of function research. Yeah. And it's just it's it's unbelievable. He actually was about to publish a book. Um, what was the book? And and it, and he pulled it from Amazon. So let me let me find this. Amazon uh Fau Chi book. My phone's about to die. Can you look it up? Um, and and it, and it's been pulled on on the fact that these emails have been have been published. Um, I bet you in the book he denies that gain of function research again was. It's called "Expect the Unexpected." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what does the article say? What does the title say? It says, "Dr. Anthony Fauci book scrubbed from Amazon after email dump." There it is. So here you go. The tech monopolies collaborating. Wow. Listen to the subte- uh, subtitle of this book. Uh-huh. Ten Lessons on Truth, Service, and the Way Forward. <laughs> yeah, Can yeah. you believe that? Yeah. He wrote a book yeah. on truth. Unbelievable. <laughs> I just don't understand how people can trust government officials. I know. Um, trust know. the science. It's not trust the science. It's trust the TV. That's all this is. And people need to just wake up. It's crazy. <sighs> What's um? I was listening to the Delling Pod podcast by James Dellingpole today, and his most recent episode was with Laura Dodsworth, who also put out a book about. It's called um, something about fear. And basically, what you were saying about trust, it's not so much that people, the British public, trust. Is that they fear the government? No, they don't fear the government. They fear the virus. Mm. So they, I don't know, they inherently believe what the government government says. says, But um, it's just, I mean, the government has been very explicit in these um, different arms, these different, um, like, Groups and organizations that they've mm. hired mm. to do specific research, mm-hmm. including uh, like behavioral research oh, okay. and how to how to perpetuate convince, propaganda. Yes, how to convince the public to do what that you want. Yeah. Um, let me find the name of this book because I it it just came out. And so the argument is that the government is using this research it conducted on how to persuade the public. Absolutely. And it says, A State of Fear. That's the title Mm. of the book. Mm. A State of Fear, just published by Laura Dodsworth. And she says that she's done a lot of research on the 
intricacies in the backside mm. of the government mm. and how it is very obvious that this is a propaganda mm. thing and um, that people are behaving in an irrational way because mm. they're so afraid. Mm. So it's not that they trust what the government says. So they have them. a phobia against the virus. Yeah, they do. That's it. They are COVID-phobic. They are COVID-phobic. Therefore, if you are not vaccinated, you might carry COVID. And you're, and you're you irrationally afraid. This yes. is exactly right. They are deathly afraid of the unvaccinated. Yes, because they think that the vaccinated mm. will carry mm. this virus. But then, like we just said earlier, Beverly Turner had said, is that vaccinated people can still carry the virus, which has been proven. They can still transmit the virus. Carry, transmit, that's yeah. similar, right? It, it's similar, but not the same. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that they are catching it. I'm saying they could carry it. Yeah. That's how you would transmit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Wow. So that's an epiphany. They are, they have a phobia. Yeah. They have a phobia. The British government has purposefully propagandized the public into a COVID phobic state, Mm. which is insane. There you have it. You heard it here first. It's not about fat phobia. It's viral phobia. It is. It's COVID phobia. It's C nineteen phobia. It is. Yeah. So that's what. That's where we're at. I think people are so afraid that they're willing to do these crazy things that a a rational thinking person wouldn't do. Yeah. Like a twenty two year old person who knows that they aren't at risk and they probably don't need the the vaccine to then get it to protect others or, you know, to be acceptable in society. That just is irrational to me. But they're so afraid and they're so pressured mm. into it. Yeah. So let, let, let's sum up then. So we, 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 we say that we're trying to make sense of current events. So the first story was the valedictorian speech. Yeah. And we say that that's just the outcome of the indoctrinization of the children into believing that career is the be all end all. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That's what makes sense of that. The second story was the young lad who was saying we need to put all the unvaccinated, all the unwashed masses who don't have um, the vaccine into the Nightingale hospitals. That's, that that's COVID phobic. Yeah. Your third story was Beverly Turner. Beverly Turner trying to dish facts yeah, against. Yeah, and then the, those mainstream media lackeys mm. are. But what are they getting out of it? What is their? They're just preserving their job. Like what? I think what so. are they getting pats on the back for propagating I think some the propaganda. Of them actually, believe it. I think they believe. So they're the just propaganda. the phobics. They're phobic they themselves. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then my first story was the fat, the so-called fat phobic lady. I think that's just rooted in envy um it, it's just the, the 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 frustration of being rejected but not doing anything about it she probably has tried many things but she's not doing she's not able to conquer she's it. probably tried a lot of fad things but Maybe. the thing is that it requires consistency di- yeah consistency discipline um that's hard um and then the, the second story was soy the soy um, and so what I found interesting about that story is that they said that the female catfish was more valuable. Mm-hmm. And isn't that a, a reflection of how we treat men versus women today? Really, you think? Women, women are, are treated valuable? as more valuable. The law preferences women. Hmm. 
the universities and education preferences biases women. Why, what makes them more valuable? I'm not saying they have reasons. I'm oh. saying the facts show that they act as though they are more valuable. I see. Their actions reflect that society mm-hmm. believes women are more valuable than men. Um, and so that that's – I think that research kind of reflects and or kind of touches upon that. Um, and it just it's just dangerous. You should watch what you eat. And, and the last story – was the um, the um, the COVID uh, emails that have been exposed Fauci. by Fauci, which just goes to show there's no government official you can trust. Just don't tr- – not even – I don't even trust Trump. I've never tr- – you know, just don't trust these guys. Mm-hmm. They're just – don't put your faith in them. I, do you remember the Obama years when people cried and like they thought they were like delivered? Like this was yeah. a redeemer yeah. come upon them. Yeah. It's It's insane. They, do you think this, they feel the same way about Biden? I don't know, but I'm trying to think. Do, do oh. the British the British people, I think, feel that way about the NHS? I think the NHS is the redeemer. I don't mean to poke that stick and poke poke, poke the sacred cow again with that stick. but um, <laughs> You can't help it, can but you? I can't help it. I think this NHS worship is out of hand. I, that just reminds me of the latest funny video that, of Biden. Did you see it? Let's end with some comedy. Yeah, Go. let's end with his little gaffe here. This is about the lawyers. I challenge you. I love it. Find out today and you turn on the stations, sit on one station for two hours, and I don't know how many commercials you'll see, lay eight to five. Two to three out of five have mixed-race couples in them. That's not by accident. They're selling soap, man. <laughs> Not a joke. Remember old Pat Cadell used to say, you want to know what's happened in American culture? Watch advertising. Because they want to sell what they have. We have hope. I challenge you. They're selling hope. hope or they're selling soap? I thought I heard at him say. At the very end, he says. I know we have hope. but They're, they're selling said, soap. They're selling soap. And then at the end, we have hope. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't get it. What is he trying to insinuate? It sounds like he's trying to insinuate that there's an agenda to plaster advertisements with mixed race couples. So he's being critical of that. that. Is he being critical of that? That's what it sounds like. Uh huh. But then at the end, he's like, We're selling hope. But they're selling hope. They're selling what they have. Mm -hmm. We have hope. And then, then I don't get it. Oh, so is he saying the advertising firms are selling X, but we, the Biden administration, are selling Y? I don't know. We're selling hope. We're selling hope. The hope of a pure racial <laughs> existence. I have no idea. That's just funny because that is crazy. Why? Crazy. That is such danger. If Trump would have said that, I know he would have been crucified. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> Can you believe he said that? Why don't you? Do you know that if you googled, if you googled, white family. The top pictures is not a white family. Are black are interracial families? Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I've, I've checked ends. this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible, incredible. Well, anyway, that's it for us today. We uh, we hope you enjoy this podcast and do leave uh, a five star rating only. If it's a four, three, two, one, don't leave such a rating. Uh, just leave a five star rating. And I don't know, are people allowed? Uh, 
Can they leave comments? They can leave comments on our YouTube channel. So mm. go onto our YouTube channel, Post Mod Pod. But also on our website. You can leave them on our blog post mm. of the podcast. But you can also send us an email at thepostmodernfamily at gmail.com. Ooh, okay. Yes, and we could read those emails. Yeah, we would love to engage with you guys more, um, what you guys are thinking and what you like or don't like about our podcast. There you go. <laughs> There Give you a chance to air out your, what is it? Well, good night <laughs> and good luck, folks. See Thanks you. for watching and listening. Bye. Bye.